Deacon Michael, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. Well, uh, welcome to Real Presence Live. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, so uh, my name is Deacon Michael Tapperman. I'm a deacon for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I was just ordained on May 30th to the diaconate uh, for the diocese. I grew up near Hartford, South Dakota. I graduated from West Central High School back in 2010. I went to college, and in college I kind of fell away from the faith. Uh, I got caught up with the—I played football at Dakota State University and kind of got caught up in the the football lifestyle. And from that, um, uh, I kind of fell away from the church. But my junior year, I had a reversion back to the faith and really encountered the love of God for the first time. And from that, I wanted to give my entire life to Him. Um, and I felt that He was leading me towards the priesthood. So I entered seminary back in 2014, and five years later, I'm here as, sitting here as a deacon for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So, so Deacon Michael, um, what's the, you know, I mean, so what's the difference between uh, like the type of deacon you are and the type of deacon that might be a married guy that people see in their parishes? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So I'm what's called a transitional deacon, and the typical deacon that you would see in a parish that usually stays there for multiple years is what's called a permanent deacon. Um, They're both deacons. They're both ordained to the same diaconate. However, we just use an adjective to describe, okay, uh, a transitional deacon, he's moving on to the priesthood, where a permanent deacon, he's planning on remaining in the order of diaconate. And so uh, they're both the same diaconate. They're both the same. Um, they were both ordered ordained to the same order of the deacons, uh, but we just use an adjective to describe whether or not they're moving on to priesthood or not. So permanent versus transitional diacon deacon. So to our listeners out there, I had a great chance to meet our C deacon Michael. Um, I've seen him at the seminary before and as the vocation director, but I, I saw him at Sister Agnes of the Handmaids, her final vows last Friday. So, Deacon Michael, it's great to have you on on the show yes, with sir. us, and it was great to see you out there. Yes, it was great to see you, too. I, I was blessed to get to even have lunch with your parents. So, Yeah, it was a, and it was a wonderful day. So, I'm, yeah. you know, you think of her vows, and it was a beautiful day, and the, the vows, uh, the Mass itself, in many ways, kind of mirrors the ordination, right, and some of its its symbolism and different things. It's obviously a different thing, but uh, that must have brought up some memory for you, too, since it's so fresh, too. You're so recently ordained a deacon. But what was it like for you getting ordained, and what was going on in your head and in your heart um, as you entered yeah. into sacred orders? Yeah, so uh, right away I was pretty nervous. I was, I was a nervous wreck kind of in the sacristy. I was pacing back and forth uh, beforehand, but it was so great because I had two of my uh, fellow uh, deacons at that time now, one of them is now a priest, the other one's still a deacon, but they were kind of uh, messing with me, joking with me in the, the sacristy, which was great because it kind of pulled me out of my nervousness and realized like that this was a, uh, the ordination was a fruit of many years of prayer, and so I didn't have to be so nervous about it. Uh, but processing in was uh, quite an uh, amazing moment. It was quite an awe-filled moment because as I was processing in, I really kind of felt, this is a weird analogy, but it kind of felt like Judgment Day, in it, in so to speak, because I had all these people looking at me. I was the only uh, one being ordained, and literally the entire church was just gazing upon me and looking at me, and I felt like that moment, uh, maybe at the, the general judgment, um, where it's every, like, I'm being uh, told where, where I'm going to be going, so to speak. And so uh, as I process forward in the ordination, right, there comes a moment where 
the bishop asks the vocation director, do you find him to be worthy? And it's like, oof. Uh, hopefully the vocation director says, yes, he's, he's found to be worthy. But I found it as like a moment of uh, a real affirmation from God himself. It's like uh, that through the discernment of the Church, through the prayer of the Church, that I've actually been found worthy to um, receive this just awesome gift. And it kind of felt like that moment where... Uh, for the saints in heaven, when they when they receive that invitation from God to say, "Come, uh, join the rest of the heavenly Father," it's like, "Who am I to receive such an amazing gift?" And so I was just overflowed with uh, so much joy, so much peace um, during the ordination, right? Because there, there was a real affirmation from God that says, "You are you are worthy." Uh, of course, I'm always unworthy, but yet uh, the Church has declared me worthy. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz along with Father Ryan Moravitz coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We're talking to Deacon Michael Kapperman from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, who was recently ordained to the transitional diaconate. Now, uh, Deacon Michael, I was at—I didn't meet you there, but I was at the um, uh, um, uh, the final vows of Sister Agnes as well. Were you one of the principal deacons uh, sitting alongside Bishop Lavore? Yes, that was a really, really tall one. Uh-huh, okay, uh, all right. Okay, that was just towering over. So. Yes. Okay. All right. Yep. I remember you now. So uh, one of the things I that I have a question about is, you know, so what what's the difference between a deacon and a priest? What can a deacon do and not do as opposed to like a priest? Yeah. So the big difference uh, would be kind of stems from what the ordination is itself. So a deacon is ordained in persona Christi, where a priest and a bishop are ordained in persona Christi capitis. So there's that last little word there and. So in the person of Christ versus in the person of Christ, the head. So a priest and a bishop, uh, they're really, they're there, they're ordained unto the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And so they really stand over the congregation as father, as, a, as, the, as the role of the authority, as the role of the, the presider, where the deacon is ordained um, in, persona, in the person of Christ, but in the person of Christ, the, the servant, uh, the Jesus who has been made the servant of all. So where the priest can offer Mass, the priest can uh, uh, perform all seven sacraments, the deacon uh, can only, a short phrase to remember is, marry, bury, and baptize. <laughs> With regards yeah. to the liturgy is uh, witness marriages, they can baptize children, and then they can pre- uh, uh, preside over funeral rites. And oh, so okay. where no. a priest can do all seven sacraments, um, a deacon can only uh, assist at a few of them. Well, priests can't really do all seven, though, can they? Oh, that's true. That is really true. <laughs> I, didn't, so. I didn't mean to. Cr- I don't want to correct our guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but which that's, is the one? No, which really is the good. sacrament that a priest cannot do? A priest cannot do uh, the sacrament of holy orders. He cannot ordain, ordain. another uh, someone. So <laughs> good, good call. You got me. So uh, we probably would have gotten a phone call. No, <laughs> no, that's good. So, so now, um, uh, are you assigned in a? in a parish now for the summer, and what parish is that? Yes, yeah, so I've been assigned at Holy Spirit Parish here in Sioux Falls. It's on the southeast corner. It's a pretty large parish, and I'll be here till August 4th, um, helping out with Father Chuck Simple and Father Kyler Matson, and then also Deacon Pat Darrington, who's another deacon uh, here at the parish. Deacon Michael, as a deacon, you make certain promises during your ordination. Can you tell us a little more about those promises you made? Yes, um... So there's, I believe, seven promises uh, where the bishop asks you, um, just to kind of quickly run through them, the first is, do you resolve to be consecrated? And so, yes, I resolve to be consecrated. Uh, I res- 
for the church's ministry. The next is, do you, do, do you uh, promise to discharge the offense of deacon with humble charity? And so th- this is a beautiful one that really struck me is, I promise to lay down my life in love. I, I pray, I promise to lay down my life in, cha- uh, in charity. And then uh, another one that is a big for a man uh, studying for the priesthood is the promise of celibacy. So at the uh, diaconate ordination is actually where he takes his promise of celibacy. So by the time that he's a priest, he doesn't take that promise at the ordination, right? But at the diaconate, he does. And so this is a big moment for a man studying for the priesthood. And another promise um, would be the promise of uh, respect and obedience to the bishop. And so this is the moment where I'm submitting myself to the authority of the bishop. So, so, so now, um, coming into that, as you were preparing for this ordination, what was the part that, or if there was a part that was stressing you the most? For me, I, for um, me, I remember specifically it was the, the, that promise of celibacy, but I know that other guys enter into it, you know, maybe, you know, really focused on another aspect of it. What was it for you? Uh, for me, it was actually the promise of humble charity, the, uh, the promise to discharge the diaconate uh, with humble charity. Because uh, I know in my own walk, there's there's so many times where you get caught up with your own busyness, you get caught up with all the things you have to do. And with that promise of humble charity means you're no longer your own. You're you're, you're meant to be the church, uh, for the church. And so that was really the one that I was worried about the most was like, okay, Lord, I'm no longer my own. I'm now the Church's. I'm, I'm here for the Church. I'm available for the Church, so that whoever walks into the sacristy before Mass, that I'm, I'm their deacon. I'm there, I'm there to be present to them. So that was the one that I was actually worried about the most. Now, I know that um, when you're... Now, what seminary do you go to? I go to St. Paul Seminary there in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay, now I'm sure that... Well, I know as, as you prepare for the diaconate that you take homiletics classes and you know, do little practicums on homilies. What was it like, you know, doing seminary, you know, kind of like pseudo-homilies versus giving your first real homily? Yeah, it was a world of difference. So uh, doing the seminary, at the doing the homilies at the seminary, it was, it totally felt like practice. It kind of felt fake because you're, you're imagining a group of people that you're giving a homily to. And so it was always kind of uh, an aspect of not feeling real. But versus giving in a parish, it's literally these people that I'm preaching to, these people that I want to bring the Word of God to. And so it it took on a whole new dynamic of being alive and being present and being real. So such that uh, giving homilies now um, in the parish life is so invigorating because it's like, I get to bring the Word of God to these people rather than an abstract people in a far-off land like at the seminary. What um you know one of the other things with being a deacon is you get to actually make the proclamation of the gospel at mass. What was that like for yes. you? Yes, uh, that's that's such a humble moment because yeah. uh, at the parish I'm at, we process with the gospel book from the altar to the the ambo, and uh, it's such a beautiful moment for me to be able to carry the word of God and to say, Lord, who am I that I get to literally be a herald of your gospel to be get, be a messenger of your gospel, and so it's a very humbling moment to actually literally carry the Word of God, and I'll proclaim it to the people. Yeah, that's, that's a, a powerful experience, certainly. I mean, to, I mean, I get, let me just get back on the, before Father Ryan asked that question, in regards to that homily thing, because, you know, proclaiming the gospel, obviously, that's, I mean, that's huge, but the, the part of preparing the homily, you have to put a lot more energy 
you know, of your time into it before the mass, you know, a lot of more, a lot of more prep time with that. And I suspect that when you were in the seminary, you were probably preaching to your classmates. Was, did you do mm-hmm. that? So yep. how, how was that with your classmates? I mean, how did they, when it came to the practicums, I remember in the seminary, it's like my classmates were like the worst critiques of mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's a good reason for it too. Cause it's like, these are, these are your brothers that you live with, that you, you work with. And, uh, so they get to know your quirks, they get to know your pros and cons, and so they get to uh, challenge you in a different way. And yeah, at the at the uh, seminary, they they definitely really nit not nitpick is a negative word, but nit nitpick in the positive sense of really critiquing and bringing about uh, a better homily, such that um, when you do get into the parish, it's like wow, I've had a lot of feedback already hey, that, fine, I now, uh, uh, yeah. that I can now that I can now give to them. So. Well, that's all great. Well, uh, you know, good luck on your work. Many blessings, and and thank you very much uh, for joining us, Deacon Michael. Thanks, Deacon Michael. Many blessings to you. Thank you so much, brothers. We'll see you. God bless. After we come back from the break, we're going to introduce a brand new segment of our shows after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.